Welcome to What's in the Word, St. John's Cathedral's Children's Bible Podcast. This is our first episode, and we're so excited. My name is Tina Clark. I'm the Director of Christian Formation at St. John's, and I am delighted to be here with my friends Lydia, Eden, Astrid, and Lassa. It's Lent 2022, and so our story today is all about Lent. Just like the earth has seasons, right? What are the seasons? Um, winter, fall, spring, and summer. Right. So the church has seasons too. Can you guys name any of the church seasons? Um, there is Advent, mm-hmm. Lent, yeah. Um, Pentecost, is that a season? There's the season after Pentecost. Okay. Pentecost is a Sunday, and then the season after Pentecost is a long season. What comes after Advent? Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. And Christmas is not just a day. It's actually a short season. Mm -hmm. Is Easter another one? Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's one other, which is the one that's named for the wise men or the magi. Oh, a tricky one. It's called Epiphany. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, right. And that's the season right before Lane. All right, so Lydia has offered to read our story, and I just want to say that Lydia is reading this story without seeing the pictures because I want to know what this story looks like in each of your imaginations. And for those kids who are listening at home, close your eyes and listen to the story and think about the pictures in your head. As soon as he was baptized, Jesus went into the desert for 40 days to be alone with God and pray. He became very hungry and thirsty. The devil came to tempt Jesus and said, If you are God's son, then change these stones into bread. Then Jesus answered, Scripture says people can't live on bread alone. God's word is even more important than food. Then the devil took him to the very top of the temple in Jerusalem. If you are God's son, throw yourself off the building. Doesn't scripture say God will send angels to catch you? Jesus replied, scripture also says you must not test God. Then the devil took Jesus to the top of a high mountain, looking out over all the kingdoms of the world. I will give you power over everyone if you will bow down and worship me, he said. Go away, Satan, Jesus cried. The earth belongs to God alone, and he is the only one who must be worshipped. As the devil disappeared, angels came to comfort Jesus. Thank you, Lydia. Tell me a little bit about what that story looked like in your imaginations. Um, I just imagined, like, Jesus, like, walking over, not like a flat desert, but like a bunch of grains of sand with wind blowing, like, and Jesus is in the distance. Nice. Eden, what about you? I guess I just imagine a big desert with nothing, nothing but sand and just Jesus. I don't really imagine the devil as like this red thing with horns. I kind of imagine him like a man who's like sort of like, ang- like has like a disturbed and angry look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus lived in a place where the, where the desert was all around. And so the wilderness for Jesus and the people who lived where he lived, wilderness is desert, right? But what other kind of wilderness do we know of? Sometimes when I think of wilderness, I just think of being like a little lost and confused 
and like alone, just not like an actual place, just kind of like figuratively. Mm-hmm. So wilderness could be a symbol mm -hmm. for a feeling. Yeah. How does that feel when you're in that symbolic wilderness? I guess sometimes you can feel sad and then sometimes you can feel peaceful. Mm -hmm. It depends on what the mood is, I guess. <laughs> I wonder how Jesus felt in the desert. For, he was there for 40 long days all by himself. The devil came for a while. I don't know if the devil was there the whole time. How else might Jesus have spent his time in the wilderness? Sometimes I imagine him like sleep, sleeping in like <laughs> like a like a cave in the desert mm -hmm. and like um like kind of like praying in that cave and like wandering around the desert and yeah. Sometimes I just think he just he just meditated, I guess, and just like focused a lot on God. Yeah. I imagine him well, I felt I feel like he felt like sad because he had to die for his people. Um so I guess I kind of imagine him like crying. But like I don't really imagine him like praying to God. I just imagine him like talking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess praying is talking. But. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So when we pray to God, do we have to be on our knees with our hands folded, staying still, looking angelic? When else could we pray? What could we be doing while we pray? We could be playing tag. We <laughs> could be. It's true. We could be telling God what a fun time you're having. <laughs> I think God needs more could be of thank that. Yeah. Or, you, or you could be telling him thank you for like letting me have this much fun. Thanks for this time. For these friends. Can, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. So also when I'm like in bed, sometimes I'll, I'll like meditate on my day and then like talk about the things that happened during the day and what I felt about that. I bet God would like it if we all found more time to say, thank you, God, for this really fun time I'm having right mm -hmm. now. I bet that would be really nice. Do you think Jesus ever felt lonely during his time in the wilderness? Yeah, because he had, like, friends. Like, his disciples were also his friends. And, I mean, for 40 days and 40 nights all alone in the desert, I guess, that, like, even Jesus can get lonely for friends and being around other people. We believe that Jesus was both fully part of God and fully human. So if we believe that he was fully human, then that means he feels all the same feelings we do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He felt all the same feelings we do. So Lydia, you mentioned that wilderness could be a, a figurative place, a metaphor for times. And I think that you said when we feel lost, mm -hmm. that was one of the things you brought up. When we feel, what else? What are the wilderness places in our lives, when do we feel like we're in a wilderness? Sometimes, like, when you're sad and you feel like nobody's, like, on your side and, like, everybody's, like, it's, like, completely your fault. Um, like, then sometimes maybe you feel like that. I like that, Lassa. 
Maybe sometimes when you're lonely. Lonely? Eden, yeah, that's true. And sometimes wilderness for me can just be like daydreaming. Like just kind of like sitting there and not really thinking about anything. That's kind of like a desert where you feel like nothing is around and you're just kind of thinking about other things. Okay. I mean, and it doesn't have to be God for me what I'm thinking about. Sometimes it's just like a completely alone kind of feeling, even though there's other things going around. Nice. So do any of you know what Jesus did after he finished being in the desert, the devil came and tempted him, he turned the devil away? I love your image of the devil, Lassa, that it's not this red-horned monster, but it's somebody who looks like people. Um, what do you think he did after? Do you remember what he did after? No, that's okay. After he finished being in the desert, then he went back into town, and that was when he started his real ministry. That's when he found his disciples and called them. So this was, we don't know a lot about what Jesus did before this, but what we know is he came to the River Jordan where John the Baptist was baptizing people. Mm Mm-hmm. And he asked John to baptize him. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't John say something about, like, aren't you the Messiah? Shouldn't you be baptizing people? That's exactly what he said. He said, no, no, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. But what do you think Jesus said? No, you baptize me. <laughs> he did. He did. He asked John to baptize him. So at the very beginning of the story, it said after Jesus was baptized, then he went into the desert. So what he was doing is he was getting ready. He was getting ready for his ministry. Yeah. So you talked about being in that in that inner wilderness place might not be lonely or sad. It might just be thinking about things. Yeah. I really like that. When you're in that wilderness place, and especially, I guess, I love that you see the wilderness as being potentially very a positive place, a good place mm-hmm. where you're just sort of reflecting on life and where you might be going next and what you want to do and who you want to be. And also that you recognize that wilderness could be a time where we feel a little bit lost or frightened or alone and like everybody's against us or not understanding us. Um, where's God when you're in that kind of a place? with you even though you don't really acknowledge that he's there sometimes you don't acknowledge like sometimes you feel so lost that I mean I guess God is always with you but sometimes you can't see that and you really have to not try but find it in your own time I guess yeah have you felt that too yeah. Yeah. Does it feel sometimes does it feel a little hard to find God? Yes. When sometimes I feel like a little bit like sometimes when I God can't help me in this time, but mm. that's um, a hard thought. He always can. Even though you're so lost that it just doesn't feel like he can. Sure. Cuz it feels like 
a very real thing that you're dealing with. Sometimes when you're like angry or angry, like you can't really like, you feel like you can't really be with God and then you're like, wait, but I can't just like stay angry at this person forever. So, yeah. Yeah, those are big feelings. So, okay, so that brings me to a different question. Do you think that God can handle your big feelings? Do you think that it's okay to be angry even with God? Well, I think that since God will always love you and everything, I just, I think that it's okay to be angry with God because he can help you through being angry even at him. You can, like, you can, like, pray about your angry feelings towards God and he can help you with that. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I was a grown-up before I really deeply understood that I can tell God when I'm angry. Mm -hmm. And I can share those feelings with God. And God can God is God. So if anybody can handle my anger, it should be God, right? Mm -hmm. Read the Psalms sometimes. There's some anger towards God in the Psalms <laughs> sometimes. So... Jesus goes into the desert. He doesn't have any food. He doesn't have any water. And the devil, this person, and sometimes I have this idea that this person might even be inside us, comes and says, hey, you don't have to be hungry. Turn these stones into bread. So do you, do you know the word for what that is? That's Tempt. tempting. Tempting. Temptation. Temptation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Wasa. What is temptation like? How does temptation get in our lives? I guess it feels like you're like, you like want to do something, but then you're like, I shouldn't. If you really want something or you really want to do something, sometimes and I, somebody I'm says no, then sometimes you're tempted to do it anyway, even though it's wrong or not for that moment. So... Jesus went in the desert for 40 days, and he had this temptation, and after he defeated all these temptations, his time in the desert was over. How long is Lent? How long is this season? 40 days. It is 40 days. And 40 nights. And 40 nights. Sometimes I think 40 is like Bible for a really long time, like uh -huh. long enough to matter. So we do Lent for 40 days because... Look, you know, if we took on a special practice or we gave up chocolate or something and we did it for four days, mm -hmm. eh, it yeah. wouldn't really matter. It doesn't feel like it matters so much. So 40 days of Lent is kind of our opportunity to get ready mm -hmm. to do what? What comes after Lent? Easter. Easter, but before we can get oh. to Easter, <laughs> yeah, like what brings us to Easter? When Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have to walk through Holy Week, and we have to walk the way of the cross first, mm -hmm. and then we get the joy of the resurrection. Uh-huh. 
So have you given up anything or taken on any practices for Lent this year? Yeah, our older sister Miriam and her friends, uh, they were sitting on their balcony and they were watching the sunset and suddenly Miriam like stands up and is like, hey guys, it's Lent, you know what we need? More magic and less TV. So they covered their TV up with like paper and they wrote more magic on it and then they stopped watching TV and like trying to like meditate on the things that are beautiful and that kind of thing. So, and we were like, wow Miriam, you're so creative. That is super creative. Anything else, have you taken on any practices or efforts or we're just trying to be like the best selves of like no more like fighting or like we're trying <laughs> that is what lens is all about we're trying that's good i like that that it's not something specific like soda or whatever it's trying to be the best we can be i really like that Thank you so much, Lydia and Eden and Lassa and Astrid, for being here today and for being our first podcast guests. It's really fun to have you here and to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. What's in the Word is a podcast of St. John's Cathedral Children's Ministries. Every season for a new episode, I'll have a different group of friends come in to talk to me about the Bible, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, and whatever else comes up. You can find What's in the Word anywhere you get your podcasts. And more information is available at sjcathedral.org.